Well, she went from being a peacekeeping pastor's wife to being a warrior mom on a mission. As founder of the children's rights nonprofit, Them Before Us, Katie Faust is now a globe-trotting policy influencer who fights on the front lines in the war against the woke culture. She has great advice for moms on how to raise strong, conservative kids. This is going to be great. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Well, hello, mamas. I'm Debbie Kurlitis, your host. Welcome once again to the Moms for America podcast. Love it that you're joining us again. Um, we just are always thrilled to be chatting with you and providing great information, resources, great guests, uh, and just some very important topics as we discuss them with moms. So also here at the top of the podcast, I do want to ask you to share this podcast, share all of our podcasts with your mama friends. Can you like, subscribe, and share? We continually are getting um, censored. So this is a way that we can get our important information out through you, the moms. Also here in the top of the show, I do want to invite everyone, if you're listening for the first time and you haven't joined our movement here at Moms for America, come on, join us here at Moms for America. We are moms uniting all across the country to fight for family, faith, freedom, and the constitution. We are over a half a million moms strong, um, just uniting together. I call us the the ultimate support group for conservative moms. We're here to help you um, provide resources. So please check us out at momsforamerica.us. Join the sisterhood there. All righty. And then also, if you have an idea or a topic or feedback, you can email me personally at podcast at momsforamerica.net. I would love to hear from you, get your feedback and um, any suggestions you may have. Love that. Well, already on to today's program. Listen to this awesome quote from American evangelist D.L. Moody. The best way to prove a stick is crooked is to lay a straight stick next to it. Well, our guest Katie Faust is encouraging parents to help their kids whittle their own straight sticks on American faith, marriage, family, race, gender, and so on. Because if we don't, they'll become products of the woke culture, unfortunately. Katie lives in Seattle, one of the bluest cities in America, and she is a co-author of a must-read book for parents. It's called Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City. Well, welcome, Katie, to the Moms for America podcast. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of Moms for America, so it's a joy to be on your show. (laughs) Well, good. We're a fan of yours and the information that you're going to share today in your book and all kinds of fun stuff. We are here to inspire, educate, and inform moms. That's what we do every podcast. We want to help our mamas out and talk about just, you know, talk about topics that relate to them. So first of all, before we jump into woke and kids and family and all that stuff, would you tell us a little bit about your family? We always love to meet the moms and uh, learn about their kids. Yeah, well, I um, 
I think Kimberly often says that, you know, your movement is made up of women that would say, well, I'm just a mom. And like, that's how I feel. Like I'm just a mom. 10 years ago, I wasn't doing any of this. Um, you know, now I travel twice a month um, advocating on behalf of children's rights in the family. Um, I write profusely on anything related to marriage, divorce, parenthood, reproductive technologies, um, the redefinition of marriage, adoption, anything that has to do with family, we try to center the child in that conversation. But 10 years ago, I wasn't doing any of it. I was just a stay-at-home mom. A How many kids? I have four kids. Oh, they're Yeah, they're awesome, though. They're all teenagers now. And I like I feel like I'm on a campaign uh, to like rehab the reputation of teenagers because I just love them. I, it's such a joy and a delight. You know, when you are training your children well, when you're forming yeah. them purposefully, um, it's not it's not a relationship. Well, it doesn't always have to be a relationship of friction and control and um, tension, um, but it does take a lot of purpose. So uh, yes. my husband's a pastor here in Seattle. We are raising our kids sort of what I say behind enemy lines. And um, we just are very serious about worldview training. Um, so we feel like we, along with my co-author, Stacy Manning, have kind of come upon a philosophy that in essence inoculates your kids against the insanity of the culture yeah. um, through sort of age appropriate training, this balancing sheltering, sheltering and exposure. Um, mm. And our kids are a joy and a delight. Uh, I mean, not I just that. firm in their worldview, but like they're happy, which yeah. is not always the case with teens these days, regardless of where you're raising sure them. Yeah. My last one is 19 and my oldest is 25. And I, I thought I enjoyed them so much when they were little and I loved them as teenagers. And boy, now as they're getting into being, you know, adults, I'm like, wow, this is really super cool. And I'm so thankful that they love the Lord and they love their country. So to God be the glory, right? This is a journey for every parent. It's not easy. It's getting tougher and tougher and tougher, right? The difference that my 25-year-old to my 19-year-old, seven years, but it's huge, um, the difference in raising them because the culture has changed so much. So let's jump into this and talk about uh, the value system um, of the wall culture and how this has just infiltrated the schools and in our culture today. Um, it's it's a different beast. Mm -hmm. It is um, you know, we talk about it through the book. We'll talk about it as a virus, right? Something that's spreading and taking over. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about it as a religion, right? Something that has like mm -hmm. its own set of values, its own like ordination of priests, um, its own excommunication, um, liturgical calendar, like things that you have to mark throughout the year. It has its own idea of like original sin, salvation, and, um, you know, there is no redemption, unfortunately, in this worldview. You're perpetually guilty or you're perpetually innocent just based on your class. Um, right. Woke is means different things to different people, but the way that we defined it was, in essence, categorizing people based on their group identity and then pitting them against each other. Right in every conversation that you have or every policy that you make. The more so divisive, the better. Yeah, the more divisive, the better. You know, we talk about how woke is sort of nebulous in some ways, but you know you're talking to somebody that ascribes to a woke worldview when they, accuse, they don't 
engage with your arguments, they simply demonize you as a person, right? Mm -hmm. You're homophobic, you're bigoted, you're anti-woman, you're anti-immigrant, you know, and very, very often they'll say, if you don't agree with my ever progressive um, goalposts that are moving towards a more and more radical agenda, you want people to die, you know, yeah. like that's, so it's like, there's some telltale signs. Okay. Oh, right. You're in the, you're in a conversation with somebody who ascribes to this woke worldview. Um, and so our antidote to that is not to teach kids to be anti-woke. It's to teach kids to be for the best yes. ideas that are, you know, that can be recognized in biology, in economics, in history. Um, and we need to be for those ideas. I agree. Generally, those ideas are not new ideas. Those mm -hmm. ideas are old ideas that need to be conserved. So that's really what we're doing is we're training kids to conserve the best ideas from biology, economics, and history, pretty much from the moment that they can talk so that they are not captured by this woke culture. Beautiful. And I love that you're using the word conserve, which then makes brings us to conservative. Mm -hmm. And then if we progress too much past truth and uh, facts, then we become progressive to some kind of crazy place that nothing makes sense, right? 107 genders now. Right. There is no right and wrong. You know, it's really your own ideas. It's your own interpretation. Um, and, and I think no that's really point. where it's happened. Yeah, there's no end point, right? They're right. never happy. They're not happy with just gay marriage, right? Now they're going to go push for poly polygamy. They weren't right. happy with trans, male, female, trans, and non-binary. They need ever-increasing numbers of gender and options. I mean, to be progressive means you're always progressing, Right. You're never going to have arrived. And so that's why it's very important to say um, there are there are times where you need to look at traditions or values that we have held and reassess them. But you're reassessing for the point of getting to better ideas. Um, mm -hmm. And the conservative ideas that we have distilled in the book are things that have done a pretty good job of withstanding the test of time and leading to principles of human flourishing. So those are the things that we identify as things that need to be conserved that you really need to target with your kids. Let's talk about those. What are the ones that you are really uh, honing in on for the moms that are listening that they should make a top priority? And I'm sure that they already are, but it's so yeah. nice to have this wrapped up into you know some good discussion. Well, thank you for that because um, there are a lot of things that should be conserved in this world, but there are specific things that are under attack today that you really need to be purposeful about training your kids on. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just a side note, like both Stacy and I are Christians. Like I carry a Bible around with me everywhere that I go. And a lot of people said, I can't recommend this book because you're not training kids to be Christians. Why are you training them to be conservatives? And it's because even Christian parents need to understand some of these specific planks in the progressive movement that are seeking to destroy your kids. And it's actually very helpful to frame this in a conservative um, lens so that you as a Christian parent can say, here are the ideas that we need to first teach you the truth on, and then mm -hmm. alert you to how the woke are trying to corrupt it. So what are some of those principles? Yes. Number one, the founding principles of this nation. Is the United States fundamentally a colonizing racist organization that was founded on oppression? Or are these principles that we outlined still reliable to lead to the most flourishing and prosperous right. nation in the Race world? country, right. 
um, religion, freedom of religion and freedom of conscience rights. So that's something that is under attack by the left. Mm -hmm. Why, what is that? Why is it so good? How can you teach your kids those basics? The importance and the primal bond between parent and child. So parental mm -hmm. rights to their own children, but also children's rights to their own parents. So those are both under attack right now. And those are things you need to strategically uh, train up your children in, you know, when in the elementary school years and then introduce them to the distortions in the middle school years, principles of life. Like what does it mean to have a right to life? Mm -hmm. And why does that matter? And sure. how is it under attack, whether it is from snuffing out early life or snuffing out later life? Who gets right. to decide who lives and dies? Um, the nature of male and female. What does mm -hmm. it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? And then from there, if male and female are different and complementary, then what does that tell us about the nature of marriage? And what is the definition of marriage? That's under attack. Jeez. Then you've got principles of free market economics. You know, like, why is it that the free exchange mm. of goods and services at the individual level has led to human flourishing? And why is it that any totalitarian regime will at some point seek to control market forces? Mm. Like, what is the connection? between the free market and a moral society and a moral and free society. Issues of race. How do we properly think about our racial identity? And is our racial identity the primary definer of our identity? So really, we're taking all these different issues. First of all, we're outlining what you need to teach kids about each of those, especially in the elementary school years. Was there 10 of those real quick? How many did that's a good question. Let me just, <laughs> I, I'm like, have I counted them? I think there's probably eight. Okay. Okay. I was Which, trying you know, to you just, just dumped me. I'll like, uh, I'll look at it. and. <laughs> um, I didn't, I, well, I was counting and, and then I lost count myself, but I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is these are crucial principles, whether there's eight or 10, it doesn't really matter, but these are the things that moms, sometimes it's really nice to have a checklist and you mm -hmm. can start discussing those specifically, breaking them down. And that's what I love about your book. I love that you're deep, doing a deep dive into all of these because these are fundamental. When you talked about a worldview, our kids need to have a worldview that is based on, for our family, for your family, it would be Christian, biblical, foundational values. And also then we start including the constitution and right. our, our founding principles and the right. principles of liberty. So these are all cultural issues that if we don't get this right with our kids, what's going to happen? Yeah. Well, and, you know, I am zealous about the word of God. I, you know, I do coffee dates with my kids once they're teenagers and we just we take the Bible with us. We open it up. Whenever I'm in the car with a kid, I just drop the Bible in their lap. I'm like, open it, read it, read till God speaks. So it's like, I am serious about getting scripture into my mm -hmm. kids, but I'm going to argue with you that simply teaching your kids what is in the Bible is not enough. Right. You have got to teach them to look at all of the issues that are under assault today in culture, in culture from these right. conservative principles, which will fundamentally reinforce what you are revealing to them in scripture. I'm just saying that this idea that I take them to church and the work is done, right. you are honestly preparing kids to be handed over to a culture that's very happy right. to talk to them about the specifics of male and female and life and marriage. If you are not explicitly getting yeah. to your kids on these topics, you are actually making them vulnerable to be captured. I will tell you this too, Katie, and I know you're going to agree with me. The church has failed here. 
on a lot of these topics as well. So the church, we're assuming that the church is going to raise up our children, right? And then they've failed on a lot of these topics clearly. And then we're sending them to school and they redefine the topics. So it all comes back to the home, 100%. Exactly right. 100%. I'll say this as a woman who is in, in pretty deep at our church, uh, is in pretty deep at our um, denomination, is in relation, we are in relationship with a bunch of other churches. Um, I see pastors and churches saying, we don't want to talk about sex, gender, abortion, so mm -hmm. socialism. We want to focus on the gospel. And what they're saying is, we are not going to disciple our people in these critical areas. We will let the culture disciple our people mm -hmm. in these critical areas. And so I think that is a fundamental breakdown. All of these issues are religious issues. The Christian worldview is the only worldview from which you are going to be able to derive these conservative principles in an Correct. ultimate sense. But you do, it needs more than just God made the world, we're sinners, he came to redeem 100%. us. What is it about these specific things that you need to instill in your kids? How do you do it? Who does it? When does it happen? And those are the questions we try to answer in the book. All right, let's talk about how we do this, um, mm -hmm. age appropriate discussions. Um, there's a couple different things that, you know, you talk about how the parents, how do parents establish themselves as the authority? This is one thing that I really want to get uh, discussing with you, practical tips here. How do we, it's called the founder's principle. Uh, let's talk about that because this is so important. It might be. It's hard to know if it's part of a hierarchy on the most important principles, but this could be vying for the top spot of the most important thing that you can do is your with your kids. The founder's principle in essence captures this idea that whoever gets to kids first, mm. especially about a controversial topic, will automatically be considered the expert. Okay. So what that means is if your nine-year-old has its very first exposure to porn, when some kid sticks a cell phone in his face on the playground and shows him just a flash of a pornographic video, he'll be shocked, he'll be stunned, he'll be like sickened. And two weeks later, who will he go back to if he has questions like, what was that? Where did mm -hmm. you find that? Who is he going to talk to? He will talk to the kid that shoved the cell phone in his face because in his mind, that kid is the expert. Right. There is a right of first refusal that you get when you introduce something to your kids. So we're not saying, hey, you need to go into details about BDSM and all the different ways that porn's manifesting itself on the internet. We are saying that your kid needs to hear you say something like, hey, there's a lot of screens in your world. Sometimes on those screens, you may see pictures of naked people or videos of naked people, and it's really yucky. If that ever happens, you can come talk to mommy or daddy. Mm -hmm. That's what we're saying. A more recent example, when Israel experienced what many are calling their 9-11 event, right? Where they had this incursion from Hamas, bloody, yeah. horrible, terrifying. Um, I said, you know what? We're going to spend the weekend studying Israel. We are going to look at the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, which they knew a little bit about, but not a lot. You know, and so we spent the time kind of covering what are what's the major framework? How do we need to think about this? Mm -hmm. Because I knew that the next day they were going to go back to school and their friends and many of their teachers were going to say, Israel are colonizers. They had it coming. They were going to hear equivocation on both sides of this. But because we got to our kids first, like not just talking at home, but like 
I did an entire Sunday school class for all the teens at church studying Israel, like watching, mm. looking at pictures of the differences between Hamas rocket fire that's going all over and Iron Dome missiles that are heading only in one direction. Now my kids go back to school going, whatever comes at me, I'm going to be able to sort out fact from fiction. Right. That's what getting to your kids first means. They are going to know you're the authority. They're going to go right. back to you for more information and you equip them with right size up thinking mm-hmm. and give them a heads up of what might be coming their way. Excellent. So again, the founder's principle, I know you're going to go into great detail in your book about that. I think this is huge. And um, it's one thing that my husband and I have always tried to do as well. You know, it used to be taboo back in the day. I just think about when my parents were raising me, I mean, you kind of just got a little bit of discussion here and there about maybe tender topics like sexuality or, and and you kind of just didn't talk about it too much. Although my parents talked to me so much about faith and a worldview, but there's some things now, and it's not some things, I guess really everything has to be talked about at age appropriate and really much more specific because the culture's teaching this to our kids, like you said, at seven, eight years old. Um, What's the no flinch rule? This is another thing that you talked about. Yeah. So the no flinch rule means that you are going to, and this has always been the case for parenting, but oh my gosh, today, even more so, that you're going to hear things from your kids that stun you and shock you and horrify you, you know, like, Hey, uh, you know, if a kid, if you've talked with your kids about that, Hey, some kids showed me a video of people having sex on the playground, you know, like when I was on the playground, they showed me this video or Hey, my teacher, Um, there's a girl in our class who calls herself a boy and she doesn't say anything about it. She just says, you're a really good brother to your sister. Why is she doing that when she isn't a boy or you're, um, you know, out at the mall and you see two men that are pushing a stroller of it. Why does that kid have two daddies? And, you know, like there's, my teacher said, come home and write a more equitable constitution. You know, there's so many things that your kids are going to say to you or, or encountering the world that in your brain, you're going to say, are you having to have a normal childhood for what? I mean, like right. you're going to have a mental freak. You out. just want to explode. Yes. Explode, right. Because it's explosion worthy. Like all right. the things that are going on are worth exploding. The problem is that when, even though you're freaking out, your <laughs> face Your face needs to stay calm and the words out of your mouth need to say, yeah, that's pretty shocking. Tell me more about that. Or what do you think? You have to remain calm. So the reason why you have to remain calm is you cannot hand off your worldview to your kids in a hostile culture if there are barriers in communication between you and your child. Mm. The world is already making barriers between you and your child. Some of the sources in their world, on social media, in their classroom, maybe their school counselor are telling them, your parents are the enemy. Do not talk to them, do not listen to them, do not trust them, do not follow them. So there are already enough barriers between communication of parent and kid. You cannot erect your own barriers by forcing your child to wade through an emotional explosion if they need information from you. So one of the biggest ways that you're going to cultivate a close communicative relationship with your child is the no flinch rule to stay very, very calm. And ultimately what you are trying to achieve is when your child talks to you, when they ask you a question, when they bring something to you, they need to associate talking with their mom or talking with their dad with relief. 
Mm-hmm. I always feel safe better yeah. when I talk to my parents. Mm-hmm. And if, even though you're not angry at them, if they have to get through your censored F-bombs or your rage at the principal or whatever it is, in the future, they may think, you know what, why bother? I'll just Google this instead. And that is not what you want. No. How destructive. I love that. You know, we need to be, um, I guess, we're the greatest influence ever on our kids. So either positively or negatively. And so if they know, like you're saying, that mom and dad have a safe place that they can go and talk, that's what the world's telling them, that it's not safe at home, that you got to go to all these safe places on the internet. Um, Some other advice. So now we've talked about the founder's principle, no flinch. What else helps parents raise conservative kids in this culture? Well, we recommend um, sort of three phases of worldview handoff based Mm -hmm. on their ages. Okay, so we have a whole chapter on what you need to do in elementary school, a whole chapter on what you do in middle school, and a whole chapter on high school. And we follow um, the trivium approach, which is sort of the model that classical educators use to get information into kids in developmentally appropriate windows. So classical educators call that elementary school phase the grammar phase. This is when kids should be learning the rules of all the different subjects that you are trying to teach them. So in classical educators, you're memorizing um, multiplication tables, right? You're memorizing the periodic table. You're not necessarily helping kids critically think through all those things. You're memorizing facts of US history. That is what happens in the elementary school years. You are saturating them in truth and beauty. So when you're talking about a worldview handoff, that is a time where you saturate them in truth and beauty about scripture, about male and female differences, about principles of life, about the founding principles of the constitution. So like you, that is your job is to stuff them full of truth and beauty. At that age in elementary school, you are filtering out the distortions. You're filtering out mm. critical race theory. You're filtering out um, narratives about abortion. You're filtering out um, arguments for modern families, right? That's not to say you can, you're filtering everything out because you're telling them the truth when they ask and you're getting to them first. But the emphasis on those years is saturate them in truth and beauty. So then what happens in middle school? Truth and beauty. Truth and beauty, baby. Truth and beauty. And and what happens then is you're going to see a change in your kids. And those of you guys with middle schoolers know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like within the course of a week, they go from reciting these truths that you're instilling them to saying, but how do you know? But what if somebody can be trans? But what if, but can't two men marry each other? But what if it's rape and abortion? What if it's rape and incest? Right. Then can you get an abortion? How do you know? Jesus? Come with the those questions. To- yeah. Right. There's something developmentally that shifts in kids in middle school. And some parents see that they kind of freak out. Oh no, they're rejecting their faith. Really what you're they're saying is I have now moved into a new developmental stage where they're ready for more than just truth and beauty. They are now ready for you to introduce the distortions of the world to them. And that in the middle school years is the time where you heavily equip them Mm. on the antithesis of the truth and beauty, the woke worldview. You will make them experts in socialism. You will make sure they understand the harms of transgender treatments. You are going to talk with them about abortion and talk about, you know, the impact of abortion. You are going to study the 1619 project with them and how it distorts US history. Like we tell our middle schoolers, 
I, we expect you to know more about this than all of your friends. You had better be the expert on all these subjects when you walk into a room. And then mm -hmm. in high school, your job is, as in terms of worldview training, is pretty much over. Your job is to stay connected. Now they're at the developmental phase where they are ready to articulate on their own. It's called the rhetoric phase, what they believe, how they stand firm, how they're going to complete their homework assignments with integrity, how they're going to like are, engage in this debate on Instagram or whatever it is. And now your job is to stay connected. So if they need something from you, you are there to provide it. That's Emotional right. support, the, the quick text of like the the six different markers of life, you know, the principles about how many people were killed through socialist, you know, uh, regimes in the 20th century. You are on call. You are the consultant. So we really try to say, here's what you do at each different stage. And the good news is like, it totally can be done. You've done it. We've done it. <laughs> and not just with one kid and one family, but we've right. got two families between us. We've got seven kids. We've got boys and girls. We've got different temperaments. Um, they've largely right. gone to public school and they're all holding fast. And, and, and more than that, they're happy. They're secure. They're making good decisions. Katie, you did public school. I, I went through public school and my kids have largely gone to public school here. Okay. Stacy's kids have all gone exclusively to public school. Okay. Cause that is, a, that's quite the battle zone there and it, it oh, yeah. differs in, from state to state, but you want to talk about the place where they've got to really be secure. You can't send them to public school unless they're really secure and have this training. It's that's essential. Cool. That's right. And you know, we say we're not advocating for sending your kids to public school. Stacy will often say, um, people ask me why I don't homeschool. And she says, I do. We homes, <laughs> we school our kids at home. We tell them everything they need to know at home. We outsource some of the schooling to the public schools, but uh, we are the primary educators. And we've actually, people oh. are shocked and horrified that we've sent our kids to public school. But what's so interesting is, especially in Seattle, um, the public schools serve as a foil for the Christian worldview. It is so easy to see the damaging and destructive outcomes of these woke ideologies because it is all around them. You cannot avoid it. And it simply drives them back to the fact that our worldview, this Christian conservative worldview is the place where they get genuine answers. That's the place that actually aligns with science. That's the place where they are free to ask questions. That's the place where their, their opinions and worldview actually lines up with the facts and the reality of history and economics and biology. So it actually, yeah in some ways have reinforced their worldview simply by showing how destructive these ideas can be. Before we wrap, I do want to ask one other quick question here. What about the um, the moms that are listening right now? And let's just say that their kids have become woke. They've mm -hmm. become um, pushed to the liberal side. They now just are not embracing, or maybe this is a mom that's kind of new to really kind of shoring up the conservative Christian values in their home. And they've got really kind of got to backtrack a bit, pick up. What do you say to them? Because that's challenging. Yes. I would say number one, get the book because uh, you first need to become an expert. I mean, if you cannot, if you don't know what cisgender is, I'm sorry. But like you have got to know about the subjects that are capturing your kids. You have right. to become an expert first on all these topics that are under assault. You have to know what you think so that you can strategically position yourself to offer mm -hmm. correction when it when it's appropriate. Right. Then I would say um, 
where is your kid in the developmental window? If they're still in that middle school phase, it would be an amazing opportunity for you to say, let's study this together. I have things to learn about this, right? Let's let's do some research on tra the transgender treatment plan. And let's really look at the suicide. Develop rate. a partnership on this. Yeah, like I, I have a lot to learn about this. Can we study it together? Like look at the distortions together. Um, if your kids are in high school, they may not be down for that. They might be like, bye mom. Or if they're in college, right? No, you have missed that developmental window. I would say your main job is the job of every parent, stay connected, mm -hmm. right? Do what you can to major on relationship. Yes, you need to get your facts straight. You need to know what you believe. You do need to become an expert. Stay connected to them. Because at some point, this ideological world is going to crash into the shores of reality. They are mm -hmm. going to have friends who are identifying as pansexual, who are cratering in the depths of depression, because that ideology and that identity um, does not lead to human flourishing. They are going mm -hmm. to get to a place where they say, well, I've always you know, been told that there was oppressors and oppressed, but now I see the oppressed, the Hamas people, inflicting unspeakable war crimes against the oppressor Israel. And wait a second, this doesn't make, this doesn't compute in the worldview that I have now imbibed. Mm -hmm. That's when you need to be at the ready with a firm relationship to say, let's, I'd love to read some things with you about this. Yeah. Here's another hack that works for every age of kid, every age. I listen to great podcasts on the speaker in my kitchen when I'm cooking. My kids have always walked into me listening to solid political commentary, Christian worldview commentary, and it has helped them build their worldview, but also helped them correct some errors when they have right. fallen into a few cultural traps. You can do that with your kids at any age. If you're listening to a podcast and it has um, the story of a detransitioner and how their mind and their bones and their reproductive organs yeah. have been mutilated by cross-sex hormones, and you're just listening to it while you're doing the dishes and your kids walk in, then it's not you saying, hey, I want to tell you why trans is bad. It's right. them participating in what you're already listening to. So you start consuming good materials and then let your kid kind of join you in it. Right. I love that. Have your kids be a part of your journey of mm -hmm. learning, getting secure and shoring up because they are always paying attention, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> we know that, right? As every parent, our kids are paying attention. Give us, give us the name of the book again and how we get a hold of that. It's called Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City teaching economic, historical, and biological reality in a world of lies. It's at Amazon, it's at Barnes and Noble, it's at all the places that you can buy books. Um, and if you read it, I would love to hear what you think. What we mm. really want is we want this to be a resource for people, regardless of whether their kids are homeschooled, private schooled, or public schooled, whether they're raising them in a red state or a blue state. Right. Um, we really think that the key to this country and its survival and its thriving is intentional parenting. And so that's what we hope to deliver in this tone for you. What a great wrap up. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you for this book to the to your, your co-author. I mean, this is what we've got to be providing and surrounding ourselves with other moms like this that you know, and other kids and families and just build that foundation in our community and in our, in our home. So um, I love it. I love it. I'm going to share it with all our mamas. So thank you thank so you. much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Keep up the great work. We love moms for America. Thank you. 
Wow, what a great interview with Katie. Such passion and such great knowledge and wisdom on raising kids. Thanks again, Katie. And again, moms, I'm really going to encourage you to go ahead and get this book, Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City. I really think that this is a must read for those that are parenting children in grammar school and high school. So come on, Um, even obviously elementary. So go ahead, get the book. Uh, I think it's going to be a great tool for you um, and share it with your friends, because I think this is one of those things that a lot of people are struggling with and how to raise kids, how to raise conservative kids in today's culture. Also, moms, I do want to remind you to stop by our website at momsforamerica.us and check out all of our information, our resources, our seminars, our uh, podcasts, our booklets. Uh, We have everything you need at school board information, just about everything you need um, to help you raise your kids in this culture. Um, You can sign up for our newsletter there when you stop by at momsforamerica.us. That's how we communicate with you and provide information, seminars, webinars. Also, when you stop by there, I do always encourage our moms to check out our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings. That's 12 lessons that you can do, moms. It will inspire and educate you about America's amazing heritage so you can share those principles of liberty in your home and your community. It's exactly what Katie was talking about. You become the expert, then you teach your children, right? Then you feel secure um, and solid in training them. The cottage meetings will absolutely help you teach your children the principles of liberty and our founding fathers, Christian, uh, you know, the moral compass, um, constitution. It's all in there. All righty. Also, moms, I say this every week because I just want you to know how special you are and how important you are, that liberty begins in your home. Freedom begins in your home. Uh, You are the ultimate influencer in your children's lives. So again, we are here to provide resources and help at every corner for you. So go ahead, visit momsforamerica.us, like, subscribe, and share. And as always, mamas, I hope to see you back here next week. And let's keep changing our world one home at a time. Thanks.